following episode of Humble and Fred is brought to you by GigSky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, Canna Cabana, Doer, and our newest sponsor, GoDaddy. Hello, I'm Toronto Mike, producer of Humble and Fred. When it comes to legends of Toronto radio, it doesn't get much bigger than David Marsden. He was Dave Mickey on 590. He was the cool cat at Chum FM. And then he took over the spirit of radio and met a young Freddie P. Let's hear Mars Bar on Humble and Fred. During the 1960s, he was referred to as the most controversial thing on Toronto radio. And in the 1970s, he became the lead architect of CFNY 102.1, The Spirit of Radio. And he's a member of the radio division at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland. He's a pioneer, he's a trailblazer, and he's the best damn boss I ever had. Well, <laughs> welcome, Dave Mickey, David Marsden, the Mars Bar. Hi. I left my balls at home. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. Well, actually, they're spongy, so I brought them. <laughs> Although, you know, it's funny. Once you get in your 50, they do get, uh, 50s, they do get spongy. They start Who's in their 50s? I've never heard of this. <laughs> but tell me what that's like, Fred. Yeah, well. Dave, nice to see you. It's a pleasure. And the problem, I might add, about the picture with the Pope is that he's not using his tongue. Oh. They want a little oh, tongue. Man. Jeez. No See, tongue. If there'd been some tongue, everything would have been okay. <laughs> you know, that's true. I feel like I know you well only because I've heard so much about you from knowing Fred well. Oh my God, he's all my secrets are out. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say more complimentary. I, he meant what he said in terms of. The best boss that he ever had, and maybe not we ever had together, but certainly you influenced Fred a lot. But because there's so much to talk to you about, we thought we would talk a little bit about the creation and the world of radio when when you started the spirit, CFNY. And then maybe later we can talk about something that's a, a favorite subject of ours right now, which is the current state. Of media, so let's go back to that that time and how radio was different and how it impacted people differently than maybe some of the radio we hear today. Oh, that's a that's a very deep question. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. I don't know if we have enough time, but maybe we could just talk about those two things in in different compartments. Someone asked me on. Uh, can I have a little more headset? Somebody asked me on uh, Facebook the other day. Uh, yeah, keep going. Yeah. Oh, I like, yeah, right there. That's okay. perfect. Oh, yeah. Oh, geez. Jesus Christ. What's How about this, on? Dave? Oh, How do you I'm like so... that? <laughs> what a creepy laugh that was from me. <laughs> does, uh, how do you enjoy that, Dave? How's that? How's that? Uh, did, does everybody's headset go up at the same time as mine? Nope. No. Oh, okay. Because nope. I was worried that you guys were hearing it as loud as I am. Oh, no. We have it, I have it pretty loud. Freddie's only got, you have both on now. But usually yeah, just I one. know. Yeah. I'm partially deaf, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, somebody asked me the other day on Facebook, um, a student at Mohawk, as a matter of fact, uh, if what I thought about loyalty then versus loyalty now, and can radio stations build an audience without loyalty? And the answer is no, they can't. The answer is loyalty is everything. Uh, 
that's why they have things like Petro-Canada and, uh, and Sobeys customer card because it builds loyalty. Uh, I think the unfortunate thing now is that the loyalty that CFNY had was about the people there and what we were doing. Mm-hmm. That's all it was about. And what we were doing was, uh, I as a program person was trusting everybody else to be professional, to be fantastic, to be entertaining. We didn't limit ourselves to playing 250 songs like some radio stations do. Same songs over and over and over. And then we have the, these radio stations who think they're representing the 80s when they're not even close, but they brag about it. It's kind of like, it's a little Orwellian because they're rewriting history. Why do you think people in the 70s when you started the uh, the Spirit and, and even before maybe Fred got uh, involved, why do you think people were so excited about radio and if i may just say at the end of that question is it be- is it because there was more of an authenticity to it then than there is now well, see i still think people are excited about it they're just excited about it in a different way the platform has changed that doesn't mean that what you put on the platform has to change you know you, if you have a stage people will come and look at that stage only if there's something interesting on that stage and if it's if it if it's just a boring stage, people are going to come for ten minutes and get the traffic or whatever, and then they're gone. That's not enough for me as a programmer. I, I'm not interested in. I wouldn't want people to just think ten minutes to my radio station would be sufficient. Yeah, the 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 the, uh, the guy um, who had asked me this question on Facebook responded back to me because I responded to him, and he responded back that they had recently had. Uh, the music director of a radio station, uh, an edgy radio station, apparently. Uh, I don't think it's very edgy, but that's my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, very cryptic, Dave. uh, Mm -hmm. Anyway, the the music director of that radio station had been to speak to the class, and someone in the class, you know, said, well, I can't listen to your radio station anymore because you play the same songs over and over and over again. And his response to the class was, well, you're not an average listener. Yeah. You see? Yeah. What is an average listener? And his response, as reported to me by the student, I wasn't there, so I can't give you, say this is actual fact, was, well, you know, the average listener comes in and they go out and... We, we're just interested in getting big mass numbers. Making sure they hear that song when they pop in for 20 minutes I suppose. or 30 minutes. Well, I, suppose. I, I yeah. But who, who wants to just hear one song? Well, this is, you know, but this is one of the dilemmas that, uh, well, we faced at CFNY before and after you were gone. The thing is, we, I like to think, and it's, you know, it's pretty well considered, we made great radio. Yes, But we, we never had huge... Ratings didn't it, matter. No, I know it didn't matter. But the thing is, a lot of people complain about radio e- traditionally, but they're the very ones to blame because they're the ones that were filling out those ballots, creating this monster that we have now. Well, possibly. I, I you know, that's that that's a discussion that could go on forever. But yeah. let me go back for a minute to the numbers, where there were three essentially three rock stations at that time mm-hmm. in Toronto. One was called Q one hundred seven. One was called Chum FM. Uh, where I had come from, and one was called CFNY. And the reality was that we were in third place. 
-hmm. But we got more buys than the guy in second place. Because the second place and the first place radio stations were just trading the audience back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I mean, check my ratings that I have at uh, 94.9 The Rock. I'm a I'm point five away from beating CFNY. Really? Yeah. Hmm. In in my target audience. Mm -hmm. not, not to jump forward because I do want to talk a little bit about the time of, of radio because it was a time in the mid seventies when I was in high school. I loved radio. It was something that I thought was pretty uh, pretty cool. And un, there are not a lot of fifteen and sixteen seventeen year old kids nowadays that are listening to radio the way that we did. Mm -hmm. You'd listen to uh, CKFH or I listened to CHAB and Moose John and just and or listen to because I lived in the prairies. You could hear uh, WLS Chicago because you know it was a clear night. You could hear all these radio stations and it was exciting. Whereas now, what I'm trying to make, the point is there is more than three stations playing all the same music. They're going back and forth between, you know, Z103 and KISS and all those stations. So what's to distinguish anybody anymore? Because they've depersonalized the stuff in between the records. So there's nobody excited about radio. He and I spoke to a conference, basically, of, of college programs because enrollment in radio broadcasting college is down and postgraduate jobs are down because no one's really excited about in between the songs anymore well you see i i've not i've never been excited about in between the songs mm. <laughs> i'm all about the music but i mentioned that i'm point five, like a half a point away from beating cfny why but i'm doing what i want to do i'm playing seven to ten thousand songs in my in my in my library but I'm still that close to them. What does that say? That says the people still are interested if you put it on the stage. When I speak at colleges uh, to, to young people, um, if, they're, if it's a radio class, the first thing I tell them is look at the Internet. Because that's just where it is. Mm -hmm. You guys have learned that very quickly over a very short period of time. I'm surprised you say you're not interested between, uh, about what's between the records. I was, I was teasing. Well, mm. obviously. Like a, like a true PD. Shut <laughs> up and play more songs. No, because. No, I was teasing. Again, you know, and Howard and I had this discussion um, the other day was how I developed as a broadcaster had a lot to do with you because I grew up with Pete and Geats being the sportscaster and you continuously telling us guys absolutely. push it have fun it, it, be adventurous keep doing different things it absolutely i'm almost only kidding you fred no, but I know. the the reality is that what's going on between the songs i used to always say this to to all the announced team uh, at CFNY is be interesting be entertaining be fantastic and there are no mistakes unless you do it twice Mm -hmm. Excellent. You know, I I was in at, at CFNY when you guys were there, and uh, I grew up in a very a slightly different school of thought with radio. And I got into it because I thought it was going to be really fun, and I love music. And um, Howard said something to me the other day that actually made me realize that I have never really done that, and I've not been encouraged to do that. No offense to any of my past program directors that might be listening in, because I know they are listening into this stuff now. Um, Howard, you said Kelly. Don't edit yourself. And I thought, wow, 
I have been editing myself for a long, long time. And if you continuously edit yourself, you are not going to get that authenticity and you're not going to push yourself. And I it, I feel like I missed a heyday of radio. And it's a shame because, I, I mean, here I am sitting with three greats at this table, which is an honor. But I really have never done what you guys have done. And it's a, sh- see, it's a shame. The point is, you didn't miss it. You just haven't made it happen. That's what you need to do. You need to jump in and say, let's go. That's what we used to do. Mm-hmm. That's well, what I still do. And when Fred and I first started working together, I had just come off probably the longest sustained period of my life when I did stand-up professionally. And one of the things that I always loved about stand-up and being in front of a crowd is sometimes when you, you know, uh, you're doing your act, but then you start to fool around with the crowd a little bit, it's funnier than what you've written, you know, and, mm-hmm. and you almost hate to go back to your act. And he and I, early on, within weeks of starting, kind of decided that... We would just say anything to one another, and then let's see where it went. Yeah, and and our motto, and to anyone that became part of our show, was just don't don't block us. Just say yes to whatever cockamamie, stupid thing we suggest. Humble and Fred are going to be number one in '97. We just said shit, and we followed each other. What I said to Kelly the other day is, just go with it. If you have a sense of the moment, just let it happen, because mm-hmm. it'll always it'll always in the end be. Uh, a better than if you sort of go, ooh, I'm not sure if I should say that, and say it. That, that's what my phrase, there are no mistakes unless you do it twice, is all about. Take the chance. Yeah. Take the risk. Go for it. It doesn't matter whether you're on the radio or whether you're working in a bank or whether you're in a mortgage. It doesn't matter where you are. Take the chance. Don't be afraid. You know, I, I think you were partly the reason I got the boot in Peterborough recently because Me? I yes, yes. <laughs> because as I want to hear this as no, but as a program program director, oh. I took the your mentality to the radio station because the first thing I realized when I got there, nobody's having any any fun mm-hmm. in the trademark of ZFNY in the eighties and even through the nineties mm-hmm. was fun. Yes. You wanted to be there. We were laughing, hanging out together, yes. doing stuff together. Yes. I get to Peterborough, nobody's having any fun, and a lot of it had to do. With the formatics that were in place, mm. it might be because they're in Peterborough. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, but that, the thing is, I here I am trying to instill fun and push yeah. the envelope and open that mic and say what you want. And let's see where it takes us. Mm-hmm. That ended up being my demise. Was but that, I uh, was that station owned by a corporation? Or yes, it was. Yes, of course, it was. I really think there's still a future for radio. The traditional radio, mm-hmm. but I think it's in the hands of the independent owners. I agree. Mm-hmm. Agree. The, the 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 station I work for, the Rock, where they let me do whatever I want for ten hours every week, which is highly unusual. It's because it's owned by a guy. It's a guy who owns it, and you bump into him in the hall he talks to you he says hello to you and he is turned on by the fact that we're doing something exciting if i may Mm -hmm. say it's it's analogous to all the great sports teams that are owned by hot big ego dallas maverick type of guys who who actually it means something to them personally Mm -hmm. that their team do well versus you know mlse mlse which is basically the teachers fund only giving a shit if the it's bottom line if the bottom line yeah. gets uh um you know we can take a i'm going to take a quick break here and i thought you know of all this we were going to ask you what song you might want us to play on the the podcast but i just oh. i found the the rush song okay yeah 
Um, oh, you had him on a couple We had Alex on a couple yes, weeks ago. That was ago. very nice. And when we come back, I want you to... I was surprised, however. I'm going to interrupt you, because I listened, but I was surprised that he was afraid to admit that that song was written by the about the spirit of radio. I, I was surprised, Me too. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he went with the company line, if you will, the Kool-Aid line, uh, because I re- I still recall when, when uh, Ray Davies, who is a tremendous guy and his manager and has a, done an incredible job with Rush, called me and said we've got this song and of course we had that the spirit of radio well mm-hmm. they had that copywritten and we had to release the, the rights to that uh but i was surprised that he didn't uh, he used to call me when i was at chum of m and they got their first album out he used to call me and request his own song that's funny <laughs> that sounds like something we would do all, all we do when people wonder what we do after the show is just start downloading 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 um when we come back i, I want dave marston to uh to respond to this this is uh, something i picked out of uh it's called the Leftsit's letter and this guy's a, a visionary uh, much like yourself a former record company guy but he talks about radio and he says Stop trying to save music radio. It's done. Because we live in an on-demand world, one of choice and instant satiation of desires, talk radio will survive because it's live. But music radio will fail to the point of irrelevancy. And Dave will talk about that. This is a super teaser. After we get a little... After a little... Darn. Yeah, I know. Just hold on. Four minutes. Here's Rush.
Glassman in my unit back in World War II. <laughs> and I can't help but wonder if these two assholes are related in some way. This is Humble and Fred. and uh, with us, Kelly Cotrera. Scary Bald Headed Pete, scarypete.com. He's awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, the uh, very kind and uh, articulate uh, legendary David Marsden. I said uh, before, Dave, that uh, Bob Lefsitz's letter talked about talk radio will survive because it's live. Music radio will fail to the point of irrelevancy. Why does he say that? Well, because he's full of shit. <laughs> you think? Bob Lefsitz is like the biggest know-nothing I've ever known in my entire... I refuse oh. to read him. Really? Yes. I think he's an idiot. Really? Oh, he is. And why do you say that? Like, he, well, he respond to that. Any, he never says anything that's close to accurate. Mm, I mm-hmm. disagree. Uh, I think he's got a point there. I think that the here's a perfect example. You've got all these radio stations in Toronto, CHFI, uh, Chum FM, all these plays playing nine, eight, ten songs an hour because PPM has said that. Oh, as soon as the music stops, well, that, they're listenership themselves. Well, I'm, but but that's what he's talking about. He's saying that. Music radio is irrelevant because if you if you have a song you want to show me, then you say Howard here. Let's just download it and we'll plug it into the auxiliary of our car, and I'll be and I'll be playing it for here's, you in seconds. Here's my problem with what he has to say: is he is giving a blanket statement, and there are still some people, like my station. My station's in Colorado. Twenty thousand tracks in the libraries, and they're played all the time. My radio shows at the Rock are 
as I said earlier, mm-hmm. 6,000 songs that are I play all the time. But those are the exceptions. He's not yeah, talking but, about those pockets then, of, then, of but, joy, those he, islands of wonder. But he should be. <laughs> He's what? talking about no. CHFI. No, no. He should be pointing out that there are still yes. some of us well, doing something. That's right. Well, there's still and some... until he does, he's full of well, shit. Well, there's still some great places to get a burger, but most people go to McDonald's. No, and, and, and I've never been to a McDonald's in my life. I really? No, you haven't. But, um, I love you even more than I did. I want you to adopt me. <laughs> I've never been creepy. to a McDonald's in my life. But those outlets do exist. Obviously, you work at mm-hmm. one, and, mm-hmm. and we should mention Dave also programs... Uh, some radio stations in Colorado. It's called the Ride. The Ride. Dot com. But they're they're they're, every day there's less and less of those. That doesn't matter. Okay. The fact of the matter is that somebody who's gonna get up on his little soapbox and and decry the death of something should also be suggesting that there are those who are still doing sure. what needs to be done. I mean, for years I tried to point out why when people, when people, it's fascinating, when we were the Humble and Fred show of the late 90s, early 2000s, people who liked us assumed we were number one in the city. Mm-hmm. They'd say, oh, you guys, but you're not, not number one. We would go, I'd say, no, it's very sweet of you, mm-hmm. but Freddie and I are not number one. And I said, but you know what, it's, it's like this. You know what? Let, I was going to say, Letterman has less viewers than Wheel of Fortune, but don't tell me it's a better show. You see, listeners don't. I don't tune in the radio wondering if I'm listening to number one. I tune in the radio to see if I'm listening to something good. That connects. Yeah. Who's, who cares and, about and ratings? And the thing is... Ratings are nothing. And the one, and the sales department. But that wasn't the point I was trying to make. I was the point that, the, that quality... Yes, there are pockets of quality, but for the most part, most people consume mass crap. And that's what Bob Lefsitz is talking about. Yeah. The mass crap is going to f- someday, very soon, be irrelevant to the average person. But what about the the shows like uh, HBO is a great example, like Breaking Bad and, and the shows that are fantastic, like Dexter. People well, are clamoring of, yeah. for those shows, and they're going to them, so there's still a market. More people still watch crappy crap on the regular networks than Who they cares? watch Breaking Bad. I I'm not saying... Care. No, I know we're not. I don't care about I most know you of don't. the <sighs> I only care about what we do. Okay, so let's let's get back on track, which is relevant content and great music. Will People will find it. I do, absolutely agree with that. I absolutely mm. believe that. Because people have found you on the rock, and they... And they want it. I think they crave it. You know, I got to tell you that a, a humongous percentage of the audience that I have at 949 The Rock are on the internet. They're listening in their smartphones in LA, and they're listening in Pennsylvania, and they're listening in London. They're all over the place. And that is interesting, and they're doing that because what you're doing is offered so. It's just so unique compared to what's being offered on radio. Even look at the Edge and the radio stations like that. On weekends, there used to be like... Do we have to? No, but I, I'm just saying <laughs> there used to be sort of niche programming in certain day parts that even that's gone now. It's the same all the time. I don't care about that. No, I know you don't okay. care. You know, they're going to, if they want to hang themselves, be my guest. <laughs> Go ahead, hang yourself, do whatever you want to do. But I'm over here doing what I'm going to do, and I'm going to stay focused on doing the best that I can do. And that's all any of us can do. Dave Marson, let's talk in the last couple of minutes, uh, if we can, about where, because we talked about kind of where it was and a little bit about, you know, where it is now. But where do you think, outside of these pockets of, of, you know, the odd place where you can catch a Marsden, or you can maybe even, you know, listen to your stations online, where is the regular radio world going, you think? Well, you see, about, back about 10 or 15 years ago, something very strange happened. Someone opened Pandora's box. 
And people discovered that there was more than just top 40. And suddenly, music fragmented into literally scores of places. If we look at dance music, if you say, oh, we're playing dance music. Yeah, what kind? There's 23 different kinds of dance music. Which kind are you playing? So once Pandora's box was open, then the word boutique came into play. So worrying about being number one and worrying about all that crap is exactly that. It's just crap. Because people are now boutiquing. They're making A, they're making their own radio stations if they want to. I'm on redradio.com. <laughs> exactly. They're they're listening to radio stations all from say Toronto all over the world. Uh uh, I have uh, I have a good friend who lives in in uh, southern England, and uh, I, he, when he gets up in the morning, the first thing he does he's from here. The first thing he does is he turns on CBC Radio to get the Canadian news, and when he's finished with that, he tunes to a jazz station out of Spain that he likes a lot. The fact of the matter is that in Europe, they are so far ahead of us with regards to the international aspect of radio. It will come here. It still has that funny little name, radio. Mm -hmm. I sometimes just call it audio because radio has this negativity that Letfitch, whatever his name is, <laughs> he attached a negativity to it that didn't need to be there. Well, I was going to say our, our mutual good friend, Rick Rama, who I started working who's, with. Who, it. Rick who? Rick Ra I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. I've never heard They're of all him. tall and Nordic or something, I don't know. Um, but uh, you know, he introduced me to, he's a big fan of yours and he's here today, but he introduced me to that international flavor because... Because in our office over at Acme, you always got some BBC on, and then it might mm -hmm. be uh, a radio station from Canada or somewhere else. And there is a lot of people that that is growing that people are choosing and they demand. But it's called boutique. It's no longer about who's going to be number one in Toronto. It's got nothing to do with it. Well, that's never had anything to do with us. It's all about you know who is your audience mm -hmm. because with the internet, your audience is suddenly defined within an inch of itself. Mm -hmm. You don't just talk demos anymore. Now you're talking psychographics. Okay, but how do you explain that there all these stations in Toronto are still chasing number one? <laughs> that means a lot to them. They're playing wall-to-wall -wall music because it works for them in PPM, the new rating system. Uh, well, I guess that, that's, you know, I mean, I'm trying to think of an analogy here that I could give you. Uh, I suppose it's, you know, we, we know that... Uh, Certain things we do uh, aren't good for our health, but mm. there are a lot of people still doing them. And it buys into what you say about the, it's people just waiting to the next generation to deal with the problem. Well, yeah, we, I had this conversation with Cross, and I said, "Why?" We, we were talking about he, you know, he was saying ra radio has got a great phrasing. Radio is a sunset industry, and he said that the problem is. Uh, and he's also recently been fired, like everyone in the room. Um, <laughs> oh, not me. Oh, no, not you. I know. You're special. I'm still You're a special radio man. I am. Aren't he I? said yes. that the problem with the business is all the guys in charge are five to seven years away from retiring, and they don't want to have anything to do with trying to figure out what's going to come next. But I will say this in Lefsitz's defense. He said he doesn't know what's going to come next, but the day it shows up, 
everybody's going to be doing it. But it's already here. I know. Yeah, he, you're doing it. People just don't recognize it. They're, everybody's trying. I don't know. What's all this negativity? What negativity? Have you never been with us before? We're nothing but positive. <laughs> We're nothing but no, positive, no, I'm not, positive. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking oh, about I know. people no, I know who say saying. things like Sunset Radio and people like Leschwitz there. <laughs> Leschwitz. <laughs> there's all this negativity. You know, we didn't build great radio stations back in the 70s, the 80s by being negative. Negative. I know. Now, you C- built great radio, C- which C- is what we're y, trying to do here. Was CFNY was very much built because I was at Chum FM, and they came along. And I'd been there for years doing what I wanted to do and playing what I wanted to play under the incredible direction of the great Bob Lane, uh, who I learned so much from. Uh, and then suddenly one day I walked in and they said, oh, here's your playlist. Mm-hmm. Bob Lane had had been moved out to Winnipeg, and I said, "What's a playlist?" <laughs> and they said, "This is what you're going to play tonight. It's all on this piece of paper." No, no. And I resigned immediately, and that's when I had the, I guess the uh, the impetus, if you will, to make a radio station that could fight against that. We called it CFNY, the Spirit of Radio. And something you said when we were playing the Spirit of Radio was. Uh Whatever's going on in the halls of a radio station ends up on the air, and I couldn't agree more. Mm. And that's why I feel bad for a lot of the young people nowadays getting into the business and being caught up in this corporate stuff. Nobody's having any fun, and you can hear it on the air. And I was going to say before you answer, Dave, like Pete has been with us for a long time, and and it's very, it was like our show, and when we got together, we had all these group of people around us, and kind of like we do now, where we would be laughing about something, and we say, hey, let's try that tomorrow, and Pete puts together a song, and you know, all of a sudden it's like you can hear it on our show we're having fun away from it we can't wait to come and do it because mm. we know that whatever we want to do whether it's great or it's kind of shitty we'll still do it yes because you are enjoying yourself yes. everybody yeah. feels it that walks in this room too everyone that's on we would enjoy ourselves even more if oh i don't want to get all negative but if we could figure out a way to make money, money. <laughs> <laughs> well you know i have to tell you that that is we should start charging people to come on the show that's good you have a job you have work but, you do honest but, but but that is exactly why the radio stations that are still playing 20 songs a day are still doing it because they really think you can't figure out how to make money. Mm-hmm. Well, David Marsden, I uh, I know. By that the way, they're wrong. You they will are wrong. Figure it out. Oh no, it's coming. It I is. Mean, I'm excited that you're on the podcast. All my shows go up on podcast too. Mm-hmm. You know what I was going to say to you, and, and, and this isn't fair because we do have to get going. But uh, this reminds me. I just drove for four hours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this reminds me. I don't know about what you think of this, Freddie, but this kind in, of radio I, reminds. I live in Midtown, and you guys are in Buffalo. <laughs> this reminds me of old time radio because it? it well a little bit like it's kind of like where the guys on the air are having fun and when they're having discussions and people we only have a you know, you know few what? people but they they really like it. Do you know what it reminds me of right now? I live right now. It's you can't live in the past, you can't live in the future. Let's live right now. Let's make great things happen. Mm-hmm. Let's really entertain people. Mm-hmm. And then in a minute we'll do something else. David Marsden, everybody. Wow. Last word to you, sir. Mars Bar. David Marsden, everybody. I'm Toronto Mike. I produce Humble and Fred. If you want to hear more of me, I host a podcast called Toronto Miked. If you go to torontomike.com and click Notable Guests at the very top, you can cherry pick an episode and just check it out, see what you think. 
There are plenty of Humble and Fred episodes to choose from. There's almost a thousand in total, so knock yourself out. Thanks for listening. Peace and love. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, Canna Cabana, Doer, and our newest sponsor, GoDaddy. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And don't forget, live shows return on Valentine's Day. How romantic. <laughs>